Developing good habits is an integral part of managing the work of restoration homes. At the Peaceful Press, we have a resource to help you manage that habit training and life skills training. It's the Peaceful Press Chore and Routine Pack. For just $7, you get 120 picture prompt cards with jobs like doing the dishes or taking out the trash or even reading a biography or brushing your teeth. We also include a habit tracker. We include some detailed lists that help children understand how to do those jobs. And we even include a full list of life skills to work towards. If you're kind of wondering where to start in the work of loving your home, loving your children, the Peaceful Press Chore and Routine Pack could be a great resource for you. You can find it through the link in profile or at thepeacefulpress.shop. This is Jennifer Papito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. So we've been talking about work, and I'm here again with my daughter, Emily Papito, talking about how the practice of work can bring restoration. Thanks so much for joining, Emily. Thank you. It's always a delight to be here. You're one of the hardest workers I know. You've been out planting new gardens on the property. I know we talked a little bit about that in the last episode we recorded together, but I thought it would be neat to talk about work in relation to ownership because both of us just read the book Lantern Hill by L.M. Montgomery. Jane of Lantern Hill, yeah. Jane of Lantern Hill, yes. And in that book, she the first part of the story opens up and she is with her her grandma and her mom staying in this mansion and she has a beautiful room but she has no ability to make any difference in her life she has no agency might be a good way to put it she's not allowed to decorate she's not even really allowed to make her bed and it kind of fills her with a sense of uh, helplessness almost or disillusionment have you ever have you seen that in culture where people who don't own anything, don't have any desire to make anything better. Well, I have noticed even with my siblings and myself that as soon as a room is, when a room is shared, it is incredibly hard to keep it clean. But as soon as a room is owned by one person, even a messy person will often keep it clean. There are exceptions, but generally speaking. Yeah, I think it's been interesting even to see my kids move into their own homes, you know, because all of you guys were, most of you were relatively tidy when you lived at home, you know, we have a decent standard of living here. Right. But like going to visit my adult children in their homes, going to visit you, going to visit your brothers. It was always really sweet to see how you guys had plants. You had tidy homes. You, uh, you know, could host really well, like make tea for people or set out water or snacks. Just the, the beauty of ownership is that, it makes people want to steward what they've worked for. Yeah, definitely. And that is what happens in this book, Jane of Lantern Hill, is that Jane, you know, her circumstances change and all of a sudden she's living in a home that she got to help choose 
and she's sort of the lady of the house. What were your pers- what was kind of your perspective or your takeaway on that? I think well, there was one part early on in the book, and it talked about how she was unable to express her love for anyone because she had nothing she could do for anyone. And I think that was one of the big things that changed is that not only could she work and she had a space to work in, but there was a sense that that work was also an act of love for her father, who she dearly loved. Um, And also there was this sense of belonging in the place, I think, that made the work really special for her. Yeah, it was really interesting reading that because I read a book a few years ago called Mig Pilot, and it was by a man who lived in the USSR, and he talked about how the people that he worked with in the factory just gave the absolute minimum. Like they would stop working at 11, they'd do their quota for the day, and then they would just drink the rest of the day because there was a sense of hopelessness. Like you, nothing you did really mattered. And I can even see that sometimes, you know, we, there's several of us who are sharing this home here and we have guests in and out. And I can even see that in myself sometimes where I am not managing super well. Like I, because I'm sharing my space with so many other people, I, I'm not taking authority in the same way that I should. Jamie, like when you guys were littler and I could boss everybody a little bit differently, I, I had more of a sense of ownership. Whereas, you know, with um, more older people who are, who are shouldering a big load or, or, you know, kind of taking their, taking part in managing I have stepped back and not managed as well. And it was really, you know, interesting reading Jane of Lantern Hill because she was the only person it could fall to. Like her dad was ultimately responsible, but it was very clear up front that she was kind of going to be the one to help care for the home and he was going to, you know, pay the bills. It was a very traditional setup. And I loved the descriptions of just the way that she loved her little home. Like she, clean the windows and clean the candlesticks. And it was really inspiring for me to say, you know, even though I I have the privilege of sharing my home with, you know, an, a, an amazing adult daughter with disabilities who also does tons of work around here and these wonderful teenagers who are perfectly willing to contribute, I still have to take that sense of ownership and love my home. And you do that really well in your space. Yeah, I think it's, really um, I love I just love the idea of work being something because I think we can't always own a space or sometimes we don't own a space and I think we talked about it before where it's like if there's a if we are made in the image of God who is a creative God then there is a mandate beyond what feels good beyond even what we own or don't own within the spaces that we exist in to take authority and create beauty, whether or not that beauty will last more than five minutes. Like I think one of, like sometimes I'm home alone, for instance, when, or if I'm house sitting for you, um, I'll go around and I'll like clean up and I, and I know that it might not last beyond the couple days I'm home because there's more, there's more, just more happening when more people are around. But I think, I do think that there, there is a mandate on us to create, to keep things in order, to tend the spaces that we exist in, even the road. Like I would love to see 
work extend not just to my space, but like if I'm if I'm running home um, after running our neighborhood, uh, I'm trying to make it a goal of like picking up even a couple pieces of rubbish off the sides of like just our immediate road in front of our house because I think that there is I think sometimes we 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 off shoulder responsibility because we don't recognize it's not a responsibility of place it's a responsibility of being I love that so much it's really important it's interesting because in the benedictine rule they didn't own anything they didn't own anything and they still somehow were able to summon up the the will to do what was set before them to do they had a really even spread of work and prayer and study and during that work time they they tended their gardens they kept their bees they cooked the meals they did what had to be done and so you know i love your way of kind of redirecting it that we have to do it as unto the lord you know the bible says whatever your hand finds to do do it heartily as to the lord and not unto men because you know i think it can get discouraging for women at home who, you know, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cook the meal and then it's going to be eaten in five minutes and there's going to be a huge mess. Or I'm going to clean up the school area and a minute later it's going to be trashed. It can feel so overwhelming or defeating. And then we don't want to take care of it because it feels defeating. Yes. It can feel very overwhelming to have the job of doing something that you have to do over and over again. And I think Ella Montgomery, I think, does this quite well, is she, and this is probably something that you'd find in maybe even the Benedictine society, where there is an appreciation of the beauty of doing a task because it's required for living almost. So what does help you motivate yourself to work even when it sometimes seems futile or seems like a job that you, you will never be finished doing, you have to keep doing over and over again? I think for me, when it is a job that feels completely and utterly endless, like doing dishes, tidying up after people, especially when good habits haven't been developed in the community, whether it's your family, your flatmates, your spouse, whatever sort of constitutes your community within your space, the the big thing is, I think, kind of what we were talking about earlier, letting go of expectations for the results and making it a continual sort of sacrifice of love and also act of worship to God. And then I think the other thing is that when it isn't your space or you have no ownership, like it can be very hard for me sometimes to do work at, especially when I was a teenager or maybe more recently, like having been home for a bit and having sort of my own space, but then also interacting in the more common space where there is work that is done, but as a sister and as a guest in your home, I don't really have, like I can work, I can even do stuff in the garden, but at the end of the day, how other people participate or even whether or not my work is acceptable is not something I can control. And so I could plant something and then it could be moved or those sorts of things. And that can be, I think more than not having your own space, having your work go completely either unrecognized or unappreciated or feeling like your effort doesn't matter. So I think, and I don't know how this can always be cultivated, 
but for teenagers or for young people, making them feel like their work is an essential part of how how the community, how the family is operating, I think is what brings that level of ownership to work that doesn't just exist in owning the space you're working in. And I think that probably would have been very similar for the Benedictine monks where they maybe didn't own anything, but they knew their work was a valuable part and they knew within the the confines or the sort of parameters of their task or what they were asked to do, that it would be appreciated and it was important and it would be recognized. So having like clear boundaries, I think, in terms of whose work is what um, can, can really help, helps me and can help teenagers and young people and families. Yeah, that's, there's a couple of things that really came up for me as you're talking. One is that there's a lot of women who are going to more of an at-home situation, like they maybe were in the job force and then they had children and started staying home, or maybe they you know, were working and then they pulled their kids out of school and started staying home. And all of a sudden, they go from being maybe appreciated, getting some merits based on their work, to having just their children there and not that it's just our children, but often our children aren't going to say, Oh mom, what a great dinner you made. Or, Oh mom, thanks for doing my laundry. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of the, a lot of the work that women at home do does get unnoticed. And then also the work that our children do for the home can often get unnoticed. It can feel like, Oh, this is just what we all have to do as families together to create a a life-giving home. The other thing that you that you mentioned that brought an idea up for me is just the importance of having rules in a way. Like if if there are no boundaries or no good habits taught, and that has been a fault of mine in some ways, just like, you know, my um, your dad, my husband and I both can tend to think it's easier to do things ourselves than to uh, teach it or reinforce it. Or, and, and just even a lack of consistency. And so then that can bring up even more frustration when some people, maybe I did better training earlier. And so there's some people in the house who are really diligent and considerate. And then some I have lacked oversight. And so then there's like a little more haphazardness. And I think, you know, for moms in their homes and for even myself, like it's never too late to start developing better habits. And I know for myself, because I have seven kids, it's like I had trained the older ones and then the babies got babied a little bit. And so there was some lack of consistency because there was always an older one that could sort of pick up the slack. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, these younger ones didn't necessarily get the training and picking up after themselves and in diligence that maybe some of the older ones got. And it went a little bit unnoticed because there were other people around who were sort of um, subtly picking up the slack. Right, right. No, that totally makes sense. And I think keeping keeping track and keeping oversight, like I'm, I'm still relatively young. I've never been a mom. So I don't know what it's like to have that day in, day out grind um, in work. And I think, I think it probably must be quite exhausting to have to be so switched on to different people's levels of need for oversight, levels of self-starting, all of that. And I can imagine how easy it would be, especially if you have a few children who are pretty good at picking up that pace to start to sort of step back a little bit and not maybe keep on top of 
anything else. One thing that you did say earlier when you started talking is about how when you're moving from a work environment where you where you very much got recognized for what you were doing or or you have like babies are very rewarding so you go from having little babies who just sort of like ooh and ah and adore you and don't make massive messes and then you move into different ages where there can be a little more resistance so there can be a little more um, entitlement or more effort to mother and I was talking to a friend the other day and she was asking actually if you had written a chapter in your book about being a mother when you didn't expect to be a mother like sort of adjusting your mentality and we were talking about the concept of putting your hand to the plow and not looking back and I think I went on a girls retreat recently with some friends and one of them most of us were single one of them was a young mother and I could see her kind of wanting to be with us girls as we were and not like not she's a great mom loves her baby um loves all of her children but there was this sort of desire to recapture relive her single days and I think one thing that we need to recognize when whatever time of life we are in that the work required of us in that season should be a joy unto itself because of the attitude that we approach it with and because like you were saying earlier we're doing it unto God. We're doing it unto the Lord. This is not for the the appreciation or the enjoyment of ourselves or even our children. It's an act of worship. That's so important. I really appreciate that you mentioned that again. You know, the verse, I think I talked about it in a previous episode that's really been encouraging me is in Psalm 34, which just says, Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shall thou feed on his, on the land and dwell in, you know, feed on his faithfulness and dwell on the land. Basically, it's an exhortation to just keep doing good because it can get wearying as moms or homemakers or even children to keep doing the right thing over and over again, especially when sometimes it feels futile, like in the case of keeping a home or you know, some of the things that we do that are just have to be repeated so many times, it can get discouraging, but we're not doing it for ourselves. We're not doing it for some kind of temporal reward. We're doing it for the Lord. But I do believe that what we're doing matters here too. You know what I mean? Like when we, when we keep a home that is reasonably civil, that means that neighbors can stop in and we can be hospitable to people who don't know the Lord. Or it means that we can, you know, be setting an example that then our children, you, you, when you've lived on your own, you hosted tons of students in your home. You were an amazing hostess, partly because there was some level of civility that you grew up with and, and hospitality that you were then able to transfer to your own life on your own as a student in Belfast. So I love that there's an exhortation just towards faithfulness, even when something does need to be repeated or it doesn't always have some kind of a quick reward or turnaround. Definitely. And I think, I think one of the things too, that's always stuck with me is some of the early research you did on the importance of having a tidy space for the sake of our children and for the sake of sort of having how order on the outside can protect order or steward order on the inside of a small child and just the importance of that as well. Yeah, and we we didn't really mention that at all, but just there are studies that talk about how children who have difficulty focusing, it's even more difficult if the atmosphere is too cluttery. So, 
I'm not a big fan of like too many posters on the wall or too many toys or things like that because I think that kind of disorder externally can make it harder for kids to settle down and learn. Well, this has been really fun to talk about work in these episodes. I'm excited about some of the next conversations we're going to be having around topics like stability, hospitality, prayer, and balance. So thanks for joining me today, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. for joining we hope you'll tune in again next week for restoration home podcast and please leave us a review subscribe to this podcast all of the love helps us get the word out there about the power of home for restoring families and culture